Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Elite Bitcoin Holder Show. I want to thank all you guys here in podcast land uh, for making this past week like the second best week ever in terms of my podcast. I'm giving you this special. You're listening to this during Passover. Who knows what I'm doing right now? Uh, you'll, you'll hear a uh, short little clip after this that you might have heard already, and then there'll be a classic video. But I wanted to give you, or classic audio, uh, I wanted to give you some thoughts about this virus and where it's leading us in terms of freedom of movement in the United States and maybe other Western countries. I think in the future uh, that some governments, maybe even some private entities, are going to require that you show some sort of paper uh, or maybe be chipped uh, where they can read if you are vaccinated for the latest and greatest flu that's out there. You may not be able to get on a plane anymore. Uh, that might be part of the TSA uh, pat down. You have to show them that you don't have, you have the antibodies or you've received the vaccination. Maybe you won't be able to go back and forth between certain states. Uh, this is disturbing. And I think we can stop this if we put our foot down now and say, let's get back to work because it's been nonstop compliance. And if the compliance continues, it's going to end up in the situation that I just described. And uh, I think People are going to be are after this situation are much more likely to be hypochondriacs and be willing to give the government this incredible authority over freedom of movement based upon your health status uh, in regards to the latest and greatest uh, disease scare because you know they're going to be more it, it appears. Uh, even though I think we will find out that this one was not as big, this one definitely was not as big as uh, you know the doomers and gloomers were saying. But still, people are scared after this, and when you're scared, uh, you can give away your freedom. So I never was a person who believed uh, that people would volunteer to be chipped, or that it would. I mean, I believe some people would be, but I, I'm sure now, like large amounts of people will be willing to be chipped. In order to say, okay, I, I I don't care if people know that I've gotten the vaccine and they can I can easily get through uh, the screening process at my favorite store or my uh, or or the airport. The problem is is that hey, good intentions can turn really uh, nasty on you. Sure, you you think the government uh, just wants to track you in terms of your health movements and uh, how healthy you are, but if you get a chip in you. Uh, then they they can actually track wherever you go, and they can say, well, it's for the good of it's for the good of the health of the nation. You know, you know, you're sick. Uh, we found out you're sick, and so we want to know who you got in contact with. Okay, but most of the time you're not sick, and there will be lengthy records of every move you made. Now, some people are saying, well, I already carry my phone with me around, and they already know everywhere I'm going. Hey, that's true. So maybe they won't need to chip you, but of course. Guys like me don't even own phones. So that's another reason maybe uh, not to own phones. So don't let it get to the chip stage, people. Right now, speak up. If you are like me, I, I spoke up. I lost my YouTube page uh, because I made a video uh, about uh, the situation and someone complained. But whatever, you roll with the punches. This is where the big boys play. But keep keep speaking up. Speak what you really uh, think about this situation. I know a lot of people are frustrated and they want to go back to work. So there you go. There's some thoughts for you on this situation and that the future in terms of freedom of, the, of movement could be quite disturbing. But I think if we are loud and proud about our feelings toward that and that we're against that, that we can stop it. We can stop it before it happened. But I just want to put that into your heads uh, because this is going to be uh, 
everyone says we're going to enter USA 2.0. And I, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. But there are many people out there that are so scared they're going to willingly, willingly uh, become super hypochondriacs. And for the good of the nation, we must uh, have uh, restrictions on freedom of movement based on your uh, health status and what you're, what you're willing to reveal about your health. All right. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Pound that like button. Enjoy the, the clips after this show. See you guys later. I uh, hope you're having a good Passover. Bye. I wanted to add one more thing that I just thought of. Uh, I was talking about the Western nations, the United States, Canada specifically right there uh, with that scenario. Now, with that in mind, one would hope that on this gigantic uh, planet of ours, that if that kind of tracking system and uh, freedom of movement uh, restrictions, uh, if, if that's uh, implemented, that there would be some countries that would compete uh, for citizens who would be fed up with that type of lifestyle. Just like during this uh, shutdown situation, Sweden did it a little differently and Belarus didn't do it at all. So there are always going to be outliers and worse comes to worse in the Bitcoin overlay, we could get together, buy up our own country. This is, <laughs> this is one of the, uh, something that would trigger people to get one step closer to starting their own private country somewhere if things get this draconian in terms of freedom of movement. So there's the positive spin on it, that this could launch a, uh, a, a, new, a new free country uh, started by uh, Bitcoiners or freedom lovers. But we are getting into a, a more of a, a tracking type of world and uh, another reason you don't want to be in FedCoin, you want to be in Bitcoin, definitely. Got to tie it in the Bitcoin somehow, right? Uh, and uh, maybe Bitcoin will be able to buy you out of uh, some of these future health tracking systems too. Uh, it, it never hurts uh, to have a, a stash of uh, wealth. Uh, usually you're able to bribe your way out of uh, uncomfortable situations if, if need be, God forbid. All right. See you later again. Bye. I have 400 audio podcasts out there. You can listen to the archives at sportsmeister.com. Hello, everyone. Last night, my Bitcoin Meister YouTube channel, which had no strikes, was removed without warning because a bootlicking informant complained to YouTube about my April Fool's Day video, which talked a lot about the media-driven coronavirus panic and hysteria. The video can be watched on my BitChute channel. I am proud of it and every video that I have ever made. I stand by everything that I said in that video. I will not be silenced. I will not be compliant and participate in this media-manufactured doom panic. Defiance is easy in the Bitcoin overlay. I can't be canceled. Sportsmeister.com has all my audio podcasts. Disruptmeister.com sends you to my BitChute channel. And Hungrymeister.com sends you to my backup YouTube channel. You will still get a new show every day. This Week in Bitcoin will be live on Friday at 6 p.m. Baltimore time as scheduled. My TechBalt Twitter account is the best way to stay up to date in the Bitcoin Meister ecosystem. The channel shutdown was not directly because of Bitcoin. It was because of the new, the new normal amongst the 80 percenters is to obey the narrative and to try and silence dissenting voices. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture and the virus panic mass movement members can't stand that some people are not scared and that some people want to be free and productive. This incident shows that those of us who have disconnected ourselves from the mainstream panic prison can't be stopped. Join me in the Bitcoin overlay. The golden age will not be stopped by the fearful. Compete, don't complain. Strong hand, conviction. Fitting in is overrated. 
pound that retweet button. If you're going to be involved with Bitcoin, I seriously advise you not to be impulsive, not to be impatient at all. Hello, everyone, and welcome into CrushTheStreet.com. Uh, I got a guy on the line with me today who I'm very envious of. World traveler, living in Cyprus now, all over the world, living his passion, a Bitcoin enthusiast. He's been on the show before at a very timely time, I should say, advising people, hey, get into Bitcoin and be long. In fact, Bitcoin was $900 and everyone was looking around at each other wondering if it was a bubble. And I'm looking at it now at 2200 And that wasn't that long ago. His name is Adam Meister. Very popular guy on YouTube, a Bitcoin enthusiast, traveling all around the world. He's known as the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. He's got a pulse for the market, and I'm so happy he's on the line with me today. Adam, thanks for coming on the show. Kenneth, thank you very much. It's awesome to be here once again. Adam, I'm getting very tired of the CNBCers and even gold bug types who are continuing to deny Bitcoin, dismiss it. And I get potentially calling it a bubble at these current prices because a lot of people are jumping in and it's getting a little bit crazy, you know, moving up hundreds of dollars in, you know, days. Um, but the problem is, is they've been calling it a bubble since $50, $100. And every time it moves higher, oh, we're in bubble territory now. Bitcoin's nothing. It's fiat money. Nothing's behind Bitcoin. And don't get me wrong. I love gold and I love silver, but I'm not denying what we're seeing in Bitcoin here. Do you have anything for these people? Well, I, I, I'd like to say that it, you know, they have been saying it's been a bubble the entire time. So when when does it when are they going to stop changing? When are they going to change it to? I don't know. I wouldn't worry about them too much. I mean, a lot of them have a vested interest. Peter Schiff. I mean, he sells gold and um, he's a lot of a lot of gold people, not all gold people, because you can be a gold person. You can be a cryptocurrency. But the gold people, the precious metal people, this is what they always dreamed of for to happen to their commodity. And it's happening to something that's just wasn't even on their radar maybe a year or two ago at all. So there, there's some people who can't pivot and expand their their knowledge base and say, well, you know, I can still be a precious metal guy. I can still be a, 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 I can be a Bitcoin guy. Also, there are plenty of there are some precious metal guys who are into both and are just really satisfied, uh, like Andy Hoffman. He, he's a, a known commodity who's in the Bitcoin and he's in the gold and silver stuff. He doesn't call it a bubble at all. He has jumped on this this trend and is very interested. This is digital gold. It is digital gold. It's a new way of, of sending value across borders, a new store of value. It's just technology happens. I think that's the best answer I can give people. Mm. Um, and they will point back, well, when the internet was started getting big we had a dot-com bubble and you know what they're absolutely right we are in a we're probably in a cryptocurrency bubble now there are so many cryptocurrencies out there so many tokens initial coin offerings it's changing every day so many of these things are are nonsense okay but the base behind them is bitcoin that is that isn't nonsense at all so in a sense, some of the naysayers do have a point if they're going to say there's a cryptocurrency bubble going on, but they don't even say that because they don't know. They just associate Bitcoin with cryptocurrency. And by the way, that's a very important thing for everyone out there to understand. Um, if you're in the cryptocurrency space, and I know a lot of people listening right now are, in the the rest of the world, they don't know the other cryptocurrencies. They don't know what an ICO is. They just know it's Bitcoin. So if they hear a smidgen about a, a certain an ICO in the news, they'll just say, well, that's, that must be Bitcoin that's a, a scam or something like that. So that there's going to be a lot of confusion still. There's a lot of just a lot of misunderstandings. But when it comes down to it, technology happens. Bitcoin is the new thing. That is, that is what I would tell them. And if they want to 
just talk about bubbles, then yeah, look at some of these ICOs, look at some of these altcoins that are completely ridiculous. They, yes, you, you can say they're bubbles and you can be happy. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I agree with you on that. And uh, actually, I, I did an interview with Trace Mayer a few months ago. Bitcoin was in the triple digits, not the, not the four digits. And he said, look out, Bitcoin 3000. You know, it's going to moonshot. And we almost did that. $2,700 Bitcoin. And in our first interview, you and I, you said hold Bitcoin until 2020 at least. And at the time, Bitcoin was 900. And you said, hey, you know, I'd be happy if Bitcoin was over a thousand by this year. And we've obviously seen it go way over that with Bitcoin now over 2000. Uh, a lot of speculative money coming into the crypto space. So I'm tentative, you know, if bubble mania is on the horizon now at these levels. But, you know, just what are your current thoughts right now in hindsight, where we're at, what we've seen happen? We've seen it go to 2700 and then pull back. What are your current thoughts right now? Well, there are a lot of impatient people entering the space and that we're already in the space. This is something to keep in mind. If you're gonna be involved with Bitcoin, I seriously advise you not to be impulsive, not to be impatient at all, and to keep my strategy, which I have maintained the entire time, because I have never sold a Bitcoin, is buy and hold at least until 2020. So you can, people are saying, well, it, it didn't hit 3,000, it dropped 500 points in two days back to $2,200. But it doesn't, it doesn't even bother me. It doesn't even register because I'm just thinking 2020. I'm thinking I know what's going to happen leading up to that 2020 Bitcoin halving when the miners will eventually only produce half as many Bitcoin as they produce now. Um, I, I saw what happened at the 2016 halving, how the price doubled. Um, and, and most people weren't even around for the 2016 halving, which is less than a year ago. So what I see is going on in the space as a whole, we've got some people who are just tempted by that have held Bitcoin for a while and have, you know, done well in terms of paper value and they want to gamble it even more. And they're funding some of these very risky things, which is bringing in some new money to these risky endeavors too. Coinbase has made it easier. Obviously, that people can buy Ethereum and Litecoin also now. So it's not regular people can buy other things easily by joining Coinbase or Gemini if they can get on. Uh, it, it's important to note that those sites are so busy sometimes. Coinbase has shut down numerous times. Ge Gemini, a, a popular US exchange uh, run by the Winklevoss twins, ha has limited the amount of people who can even sign up. That's, a, that's how high the, the, the demand is to buy Bitcoin, that they have to turn people away that want to hand them money. And so what I want to, I encounter a lot of people through my consultancy, because I help people with storage, how to set up their trezors and their storage devices, because you should never keep your Bitcoin on exchange. You should never keep any of your cryptocurrency on the exchange, but obviously Bitcoin is the most important one that most people have anyway. Never count, keep that in exchange. You've got to keep it in a hardware wallet and that's the, that's the best way to do it because you control your private key. But anyway, so I meet a lot of people uh, through my videos who are just interested in Bitcoin as a store of value. I call it golden holders. They treat it like gold. They just want to, just like, you know, you have people out there who buy gold just to hold on to it as a store of value to protect them. That's why they're interested in Bitcoin. I, I have a guy, he has $50,000. He wants to get it over to Coinbase and he's been having trouble doing that. He just want, he wanted to buy as soon as possible with his $50,000. Uh, and this is an older, this is a guy in his 50s or 60s or something like that. And, and he wants to buy Bitcoin because he feels it's like a gold, a gold type of thing. And uh, this is, they're just regular people who just want to hold. They don't even care about the technology. They don't care about the scaling issues. So then you do have people who care about the scaling issues. Again, these are people who have held it for a while and they're like, well, I'm nervous about Bitcoin. So I'm just going to diversify into these other altcoins. And I, I don't recommend doing that at all um, because of what I just said. Most people in the world don't know what scaling even means. They don't know what segregated witness even is. When, when they get into Bitcoin and they don't care because some these people just want to buy it, store it, and then forget about it. 
And they're probably even thinking beyond 2020 because they don't even know what a halving is and what, what what's going to happen in 2020. So we, we have a lot of different, we have some unhyped people coming in. You don't hear about this in the news, in the Bitcoin news, in the mainstream media news either, because it's, it's, it's a boring story. Like a bunch of 60-year-olds who like gold are trying to buy a lot of Bitcoin because they want to store value. They want to store a value. That's a boring story, but it's happening a lot. Adam, I've heard David Morgan and Andy Hoffman say this, and I completely agree with them. And Bitcoin is an example of what happens in a market that isn't manipulated. You know, a lot of controversy of that going on with the gold market, gold and silver. But Bitcoin, it it's largely not happening. But interestingly enough, some people in the community, and I'm sure you get comments and people saying this all the time to you, say that Bitcoin is manipulated. And I just wanted to throw that out there to you. Do you buy that allegation that Bitcoin is manipulated? And what are people talking about when they say that? The, the people who say that are delusional people, actually. They usually, you know, anyone on the internet can pretend to be anyone. So many of the naysayers, the loudest of the naysayers, they own no Bitcoin. They own no cryptocurrency. Maybe they own like $5 worth of it or something like that. And they paint themselves as these experts. But I'm to say it is manipulated, I get that every day. I get it every day. The Chinese control it. It's part of the new world order. All of these conspiracies that are nonsense because there is just a certain personality type out there who they love to live in a hole. They loved doom porn. All they want is doom porn. It, it gets, it gives them jollies just hearing bad things and making up conspiracies. So what they do is they make up, they, they're blamers. They blame everything. I mean, even good things, they'll, they'll, they'll somehow twist into a blame that it's someone's fault. And so they, that, that type of personality just spends their day all long, all day just blaming and coming up with stories and jumping on the latest craze of, of stories of, of what's going, you know, it's, it's manipulated. I'm a positive person. I just say, go away, you, you people have a bad vibe. You don't know what you're talking about. I, it, it is the one thing that cannot be manipulated. It, it, you need, if you buy Bitcoin, you want the Bitcoin. It has to be delivered to you. Now, th then some people say, well, how do you know Coinbase really is storing it for you? Well, you know what? You don't. That is why you get a Trezor and you get it delivered to you. You only control your Bitcoin when you have your private key. But most people, when they learn and understand Bitcoin, they get that eventually. And so in the end of the day, people are getting private their private keys. They are in control of their Bitcoin. You can't say that it's being manipulated because I physically have it. The physical delivery of gold is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly difficult. I mean, you cannot, you can't take a brick of gold with you over the Mexican border. If they find that, the authority, they'll throw you in a Mexican prison real quick. Bitcoin, you can do that. All you, I mean, it, it, because it's it's in it's in the ether. It's sure. it's just a bunch of numbers. You don't have to so carry you, it with you. No, you don't have to physically carry. It. All you got to do is turn on your computer on the other side, and uh, I mean, it, it's you, you've got it. You have proof that it exists. So it it cannot be manipulated mm. uh, in, in the way that people say gold is being manipulated and all these other uh, commodities are being manipulated. Now, now, and here's another thing. If there is an ETF, if they approve the Winklevoss ETF, and then you invest in the ETF, then yeah, you don't know if you real if if there is really Bitcoin behind it. That is different. But an ETF hasn't been, uh, the Winklevoss ETF isn't gonna get approved. It hasn't been approved. And uh, so people aren't, if they're, that way it, it could, the, the, maybe the price could be somewhat altered. They, they could make it seem like there's more Bitcoin than there really and is. Perhaps that way, when, when something major like that happens, we can revisit the, the, the discussion. But right now, there there is no market like that out there. It's just like, you're buying Bitcoin, you need it delivered, that's it. And if people want to get into ETFs, then I guess be my guest, but you're then you, you would start to, to, to take a take a risk because you don't really physically have the Bitcoin. And unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of people who think it's so hard to own Bitcoin that they are demanding that an ETF be created. They don't want to go through the hassle of getting a trezor, the quote unquote hassle. I mean, you have to learn some things about storage, obviously, but they're, they're so, 
I guess a concluding point to all this is that if the ETF is ever approved, there are going to be a, a lot of people who just love it and it will boost the price of Bitcoin up and it probably will boost it into a bubble. In, in fact, at that point, but there'll just be too much irrational exuberance over Bitcoin going mainstream because it's an ETF and the Winklevoss are super involved at that point. Sure. But that's that's obviously a, a result of price action. You know, just because it goes up and down, that doesn't stop adoption of it and what Bitcoin is doing. Because regardless of what price is, I, I personally believe digital currencies are the wave of the future. It doesn't matter if Bitcoin stays at 2000 for for a very long time. It's just a store of value and people use it to, to do what you, you say they are doing. Transfer oh, yeah, money, I, I transfer agree. wealth. I agree. I, I, I'm not saying the ETF will change the... Uh, direction of, of Bitcoin, but it, it could unnaturally boost the price for a while because of irrational exuberance. I mean, at that point, the mainstream media is going to jump on board like never before and stuff. So, no, it doesn't change what Bitcoin is at all if it gets adopted by the mainstream and it's, it's part of ETF and it's part of, uh, you know, the regular, uh, you know, what we're used to, the traditional finance. It is going to become part of the traditional finance markets at some point. I mean, already I, I saw out of Australia, I don't know how real this was, there was a guy who was giving on the news News, just the five o'clock news giving the commodity prices and then he was giving the price of Bitcoin also just like you give the price of gold in the mm. stock market he gave the price of Bitcoin so we're gonna have to get that that's gonna happen that's gonna happen eventually but I'm, I'm still telling you right now this is still like 1994 1995 in terms of where the internet was back then we're still at the very it's still rough it's still you still have to deal with a lot of weird addresses when you're dealing with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So there it is just amazing how early we are in all of this. People have to keep that in mind. We're so early in all of this. Adam, how many miners does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> a million. One miner to change it and a million miners running in circles to determine who gets to do it. On that note, I got to ask you, where are we? with this user activated soft fork and you know potentially what's in the works and you know what investors should be on the lookout for and you know it, it, just to clear that up a little bit i i've watched bitcoin be resilient through all of this and the the longer it's out there the more i see how immutable it is and how strong it is so i just want to kind of clear the area here i know you've done some research on it some of your latest videos you've addressed this and I, i'd like you to bring that to our audience as well so yes i have been addressing this in like my two latest videos or three latest yeah the last three probably uh user activated soft fork it's it's basically i feel the a way to have leverage over the miners to adopt SegWit, a segregated witness, which is going, and basically not to get into technicalities because I'm not a technical guy either. The best thing for Bitcoin is to adopt something called segregated witness, which will speed up the transactions and lower the fees that people have been charged lately uh, on uh, when they're sending Bitcoin to a, another person. Because lately, the last four months, five months, uh, and we can get into the, we won't get into the reasons. Some think, think the miners are messing with it, but um, the, 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 t the time to send Bitcoin has, it's taken longer and it's cost, it costs more. So segregated witness will solve this. Uh, the miners don't like that uh, for various reasons. We won't get into that. They want a hard fork. A hard fork could end up with two Bitcoin. Now, in what my opinion is, and uh, what uh, Simon Dixon said this on my show before, Tone Vase has said this before, we want to avoid two Bitcoin at all cost. That will lead to incredible confusion. Um, they, there's no such thing as a gold number one and a gold number two. Gold can't split into two. I mean, that's what that's what long-term investors want. They don't want something that can willy-nilly all of a sudden be two. What does that mean? That the people don't even have a concept of what that means. So for me, I support, and so there is a slight chance with even a user-activated soft fork, if it doesn't, if that actually goes through on August the 1st, it could split Bitcoin into two also. And so that is not, and well, it, a contest and says so that's a contested thing where there's two different parties 
in saying we have the real Bitcoin and then two different parties saying they have the real Bitcoin. We don't want that to happen. No contention here. It, you know, there, there's ways to fork off of Bitcoin and make your own Bitcoin, but like some Joe Schmo could do that and no one would pay attention. We're talking about major, if there's gonna be a major player who says, no, I have the real Bitcoin, that's a big problem, a big, big problem. And um, that threat has not gone away yet, but you know what, it is, it is not, uh, it's still early, um, it is not August 1st yet. We have a lot of time. People are trying to come up with plans now. User-activated software. Barry Silbert came up with a plan, and it wasn't the best plan in the world, but people are trying to come up with plans. So I am confident that this will be solved, that segregated witness will be adopted, and that there will not be two Bitcoin. I'm not selling any of my Bitcoin. So if I, I'm just telling the world I'm holding that's if, if I'm holding, I mean, do the same, I guess. That's what I would tell investors. I would tell investors, don't get too paranoid into this stuff. Because it could be, if you panic, right? If it isn't solved on July the 30th and then you panic sell because the price has started to drop, but then all of a sudden it gets solved on August 1st, you're, in a, you're gonna be very regretful, very regretful. Because once SegWit is implemented it, and, it, and it's agreed to by everyone, the price is going to shoot up. It's going to be all-time highs. There's no doubt about. I mean, part of the recent run-up was because people did think that maybe it was close to being solved because Barry Silbert had a, a proposed a solution in a very public way. I think that added fuel to the fire. And once people saw, well, we don't have a scaling solution yet, it, it dropped back down again. I mean, you, you can you can give reasons why it went up, why it went down, but I'm sure that plays some some type of a role. What I'm saying though is, is once this scaling debate is is solved by segregated witness, which prevents there from being two Bitcoin, we end up with one Bitcoin segregated witness. The price is going to shoot up, and we don't know when that's going to happen. It could happen today. It could happen right before August first or a little bit after August first. There's a lot of scenarios. Adam, thanks for the input on that. Uh, I want to jump over to Ethereum for a little bit. Now, it, it actually shocked me uh, uh, when this happened because Bitcoin used to just dominate the entire cryptocurrency market cap. I remember for the longest time it was like 85% of the market. And now it's uh, less than 50% of the entire market cap. And Ethereum is coming around in a very big way. I mean, it was around the, the 7 to $10 for the longest time. You could buy it on Coinbase for quite a while at those prices. And now I'm looking at it, it's over 207 on coinmarketcap.com. And, uh, you know, I, I wanna get your thoughts on this. What are we seeing with Ethereum? Do you do you like it? Do you, do you not like it? Um, you know, some are saying, hey, look out, Bitcoin. You know, Ethereum's going to give it a run for, you know, its money. And I, I'm seeing that big companies are coming around to it. BP, Bank of New York Mellon, JP Morgan, Microsoft, Intel. You know, what do you suppose is happening around Ethereum? And is it something that, I mean, obviously it is a contender with Bitcoin, but, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, I, I know exactly what's going on here. I have a, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, there are two things you kind of combined here. Bitcoin used to dominate the market. It had 85% of the market cap. It was very close to 90% at one point. What started to happen is a lot of these other cryptocurrencies that are way below it, um, they print, I mean, they make a lot of their cryptocurrency. And people don't, re all the, some of the new money that goes in is dumb money and just buys up this stuff without realizing there isn't a cap on some of these cryptocurrencies. They're highly inflationary. So that started to eat away, definitely. There was a, there's a very public person um, during the scaling debate who said he was buying altcoins, which led people to buy altcoins and help some other altcoins up. That played, that played a little bit of a role in it, but some people felt like, well, this scaling debate is scary, so I better diversify into all these other altcoins. That helped Ethereum a lot right there, definitely. Because it, it clearly is the number two cryptocurrency. You cannot, you can't argue that. That there are a lot of things you can argue about. But then we have these ICOs that are coming out, initial coin offerings. That's also um, making lowering the dominance of Bitcoin in terms of the total market cap. You've got to under. I mean, the total market cap of cryptocurrency has gone from what, like thirty 
uh, $30 billion to $90 billion at one? I mean, because of all this new money flowing into all these, all sorts of things. And in the Bitcoin too. I mean, Bitcoins has inc- increased also. But so I mentioned ICOs. These ICOs, tokens, whatever you want to call them, are mostly being built on Ethereum. So people have, are buying Ethereum in order to participate in these crowd sales. They're, they're buying, Ethereum is very much intertwined with these these ICOs. And so that is helping the price a lot. And for and since Ethereum was even created, there have always been a lot of corporate types who wanted to be the number two cryptocurrency. So there's a vested interest in, in marketing it a certain way. So, uh, and and the, the Ethereum people have done a good job of marketing it a certain way. When you, you, when you talk about the price going up in dollars, you also, I mean, that's great for Ethereum. I mean, that's great, but you, you have to understand also, when I look at the price of Ethereum going up, I remember when it was like 0.018 Bitcoin. So now it's point, is that, 0.08 Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so it has ba- basically in terms of Bitcoin, it has quadrupled. They're more than more than quadrupled. Now, in terms of dollars, it's you know it's gone from twenty dollars to two hundred. It's it's gone up by 10 x, ten x at least more than ten x. But you got the for me, it's not like there's not a question. Oh, am I going to hold dollars or am I going to hold uh, or am I going to hold Ethereum? No, it's am I going to hold Bitcoin or am I am I going to hold Ethereum? I've been holding Bitcoin the whole time. My Bitcoin clearly has gone up by an incredible amount. So Bitcoin people who are like, oh, I wish I owned Ethereum, they're fools. Their Bitcoin has gone up in an incredible amount also. So what, you didn't get, you didn't get 4X. I mean, you, all you, the only thing that would have changed is if you would have sold all your Bitcoin at a certain point, it had you known, which you'd never know, you, you would have made, okay, you would have gotten four times as much value currently. But I mean, do you, when are you gonna sell your, it's all on paper. It's all on paper. Paper, first of all. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff running. Um, those are some of the reasons Ethereum has been pumped up. But then these are there's a lot of irrational. Uh, it's irrational to get into to Ethereum for a number of reasons, in my opinion. Right now, there is no cap on the amount of Ethereum that can be created. They can create more um, at this point. Now they say they're going to have a, a cap. And people attack me for saying there's no cap because they say there's gonna be a cap, but there's not a cap yet. So I am correct. And there also, Ethereum has split before. Remember how I said it would be horrible if Bitcoin split into Bitcoin one and Bitcoin two. Um, and the Ethereum uh, less than a year ago had a situation where it forked, they, it was to bail out some people basically, bail out a project that went wrong, that was built on Ethereum, and uh, it, they ended up with two different Ethereum, Ethereum Classic and Ethereum. Well, we don't know, if that didn't happen, who knows what Ethereum's price would be? It might be even way more now. So the precedent is there. Ethereum can bail out people. There are a lot of projects that are being built on Ethereum. Why, why wouldn't they be bailed out again? But another thing is, Ethereum also says right now they're proof of work. That, that, that's that's how the coins are created. That's that, that's what they are. They, they want to go to proof of stake. And that's a, that's a huge change. If that happens, most likely, and people, and people have been talking about this lately, there's going to be a fork, a hard fork. There's going to be the proof of stake Ethereum and a proof of work Ethereum. There's going to be people who want to stay proof of work. So then we're going to end up with three Ethereums because there's also, there's already Ethereum Classic out there also. Another thing, Ethereum Classic has a hard cap. They're only going to have 210 million Ethereum ever Ethereum Classics ever produced. They don't have a leader like Vitalik is the leader of Ethereum. He could be blackmailed. He can be he could be arrested. If he and I don't want that to happen to him. I don't I don't have nothing personal against the dude. But Bitcoin, as you remember, Satoshi can't be arrested. No one knows who he is. That's a weak point. A strong point is when you have no real founder. Ethereum Classic, on the other hand, has no real founder because it really is the original chain of Ethereum that was founded by Vitalik, but he's not dealing with that anymore. So an Ethereum Classic also, Barry Silbert is a huge guy behind Ethereum Classic. So what I'm, what I'm saying is Ethereum is gonna always have this Ethereum Classic haunting it too. And right now, Ethereum Classic isn't even 10% of the price of Ethereum, but it could go, that's where it traditionally is. 
You can build all these ICO things on Ethereum Classic also if you wanted to. There's no, there's really no difference between the two. So there could be parity still. That still exists. There's there's things that could hurt, and people are confused. Some people are confused. I think Barry Silbert wants to do an ETF with Ethereum Classic and call it Ethereum. So there are all sorts of negatives about Ethereum that are out there. Hey, it, there is cool technology behind it. I would recommend that they stay proof of work and they they just and they implement a hard cap, make it so that it's not inflationary and that people know how much is ever going to be created. People are buying this stuff not knowing how much is ever going to be created. With Bitcoin, we know there's only going to be two 21 million of them. That is such a big thing for sound money people, for rational thinkers. There's just a lot of irrational exuberance out there. People are just getting in because they see it's going up. I mean, I had a guy, and this goes across the whole spectrum. This should, the mindset that's going on right now, there's a guy, he starts he starts asking me about Dogecoin. He's like, oh, it's going up. I, I wanna buy it. Um, what do you know about it? I'm like, dude, it's a joke. Dogecoin was created as a joke, as a fork of Litecoin with a dog on it, as a, as, a, as a joke, literally. So if people are listening to this right now and they're like, oh, you're just being obnoxious, Adam. No, no, I'm not. There, Dogecoin, which has now for some reason jumped back into the top 10 sometimes in, in, in the rankings, this shows you how silly the rankings are. You know, people are like, I should, own, you should own a basket of twenty crypto of the top twenty cryptocurrencies. Mm. If you hear someone say that, run away from that person. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about because the top twenty changes all the time. A, B, you've got crypto, you've got things like Dogecoin that jump into it that are total jokes. That uh, you've got other ones that are pre-mined. That that the the people who founded them will eventually dump all of the coins they're hiding into the market. And you will be left holding the bag as the price drops, as they inflate the supply. Some of these, their, their supplies can be inflated at any moment by the founders. So if you hear someone say, yeah, I own a basket of the top 20, they have no idea what they're talking about. None at all, none at all. And this is why it's just easier and let, it's a worry-free lifestyle. Just own the Bitcoin, put it away, don't trade it, don't worry about it, have confidence. If you really believe in cryptocurrency, you'll really believe in Bitcoin. And, and that's it, you'll be happy in 2020. You'll be, you'll be plenty happy in 2020. And if you try to be greedy and you try to you know, play these games flipping altcoins, trader, 90% of traders lose money. You just don't hear them talk. You just don't hear them talk. Mm. You hear 19 year olds brag about their Dogecoin, how they paid $100 for it and now they have $200 worth of it, but they never give you the numbers. Is that is that something to be, that a grown up should listen to? Uh, some some 19 year old happy that he made 100 bucks off of Dogecoin? No, no. <laughs> uh, always great words of advice from Adam Meister. Adam, I wanna give you uh, one more question here before we end this interview. And for me, many people say that they don't understand Bitcoin. And because of that, it will never catch on to the mainstream. And as you pointed out, we have things like Coinbase making it very easy for people to use Bitcoin and be involved with it. But just like the law, ignorance isn't going to protect you from the implications. Or in Bitcoin's case, ignorance will leave you by the wayside, regardless of whether or not you understand it or not or bother to even pay attention to it and learn about it. So, you know, let's just kind of get your your thoughts on what you think the future will be like with digital currencies and just to that respond respond to that concept of it's too difficult for people to use. It's too difficult for people to wrap their minds around. Well, c clearly right now it is it is difficult to use. There but does it matter? To, does it matter? It, it, if you're if you're smart, it shouldn't matter. You should just be like, I got to get a hold of this somehow and just store it. I won't use it. It does, you, you, It's not meant to buy coffee right now. It's not meant to buy coffee. If you want to get, if you want to own Bitcoin to buy coffee, then don't get into Bitcoin. Just I don't know what you should get into. Go go to Starbucks and just drink a lot of coffee and get sick. I don't know. But if if, if you're in the store <laughs> of value, then you you're right. It doesn't have to be easy right now if you just want to acquire it and put it on your trezor and just slip it away but eventually it is for more people to get not be turned off by it 
Because there are some people who get to a point like, I want to treat it as a golden hole type of thing, but it is to, it just scares me because of te- technology scares me. We, it, the, the technology aspect, the numbers aspect of it, you know, that it's these long addresses, that it, there has to be a better user interface and people are working on that. I, I guess Coinbase is working on that. So there's, there's a, you know, there's a pro side to, you know, you can go on either side here. You can say that it is, in one way, it is too te- technically difficult right now, but at the same time, it isn't um, for certain people. But, but at things, of, at first, the internet was too techno- te- technologically different. I mean, it did not have, it was holding it back from mass adoption. So right now that, that, that it is a little hard is holding it back from mass adoption or mass holding either, e- even. But it, it, that will happen. In time, there's so many smart people out there working on user interfaces. There's got to be a killer app with, Bit, with Bitcoin, with cryptocurrency that will eventually come up and just change it and just make it so much more common in people's minds. Like, they have to get on this. Just like, I mean, when they came out with Netscape, it made it a lot easier to be on the internet. And people were like, I got to get on this internet thing. And the internet was just associated with Netscape for some people. Netscape was the internet. They didn't care how it worked behind the scenes. Yeah, all, you know, they didn't care about URLs at that point. They just clicked on stuff through Netscape. Bitcoin does need something like that for a huge expansion. And that, w- that will help the price. But, but right now, if you really want to get into Bitcoin, you can get in big, into Bitcoin. There should not be anything holding you back. You just have to learn a couple things about numbers and addresses. It's it's not hard right now if you just take the time. Again, we live in an impulsive society where people are very impatient and they'll just be like, oh, this is too hard. And you're blowing your opportunity there. If, if you're that type of person who just like can't focus for more than 10 minutes, then um, you're, you're gonna lose out big time. So if you have a hard time focusing people, try to refine that skill and then try to learn about Bitcoin and just buy and hold the Bitcoin. Well, I have a hard time focusing, but uh, that hasn't stopped me from holding my Bitcoin. (laughs) Uh, Adam, one of the things that you brought up, and I I know I said it was the last question, but the the SegWit, and right now, Bitcoin, its use case at Starbucks is is just not there because of high transaction fees. But man, once they implement SegWit and we have Lightning Network and you know fees just drop dramatically, that'll that'll direct redirect a lot of the demand for these altcoins, which have a much lower transaction fees like Litecoin and uh, Ethereum and and Dash. It back into Bitcoin, and you can only imagine. You said that when SegWit gets implemented, we can see it skyrocket. But from that perspective, too, the use case of it going back to potentially microtransactions. I know most people buy Bitcoin to hold it, and I do too. I don't pay for coffees and do my grocery shopping with Bitcoin, but. I, I think that that use case will bring a lot more money into the space if it's possible. So just final comments on that. Well, you brought up a very interesting point when you bring up Dash and Litecoin. Um, it, the, the Dash, what Dash markets itself as, it, it won't have that advantage anymore. So a lot of the money that's flown into Dash as this hedge against Bitcoin not scaling, will fl- we'll, we'll come back into Bitcoin. Uh, again, there, a lot of money will flow back into Bitcoin once from these other altcoins that people hedge their bets on. So it's not gonna be good for some of the altcoins that they can't, that do the exact same thing that Bitcoin now will be able to do. It's not gonna be good for Dash. It is um, not for Litecoin, remember, and I love Litecoin. Litecoin implemented SegWit. Mm-hmm. That is part of the reason the price went up so much is because people uh, see it as a, as a good test net for Bitcoin. They're gonna have to come up with another use case for Litecoin uh, bef- once, uh, well, before Bitcoin uh, uh, does uh, SegWit or else we're probably gonna see a lot of money flow out of Litecoin. Um, I'm not saying Litecoin couldn't recover again and be a test net for Bitcoin for something else like anonymous transactions or whatever, um, which has been brought up that Litecoin might go try to do something like that. So you're absolutely right. When Bitcoin is able to do microtransactions fast, it's going to hurt some of these other altcoins. 
At the same time, it's going to get rid of what all the some of the naysayers in the mainstream media are saying, like, well, you can't use it to buy Starbucks. People try to rip on it to say that you can't use it to buy big coffee. Well, now you can't. Now you'll be able to if, if you so desire. I don't know how many people will. I wouldn't waste my Bitcoin, my precious Bitcoin on a coffee, because basically you're like, I'm paying five bucks for a coffee now. And then in a, a year, the Bitcoin that you paid five dollars, thought was five dollars is now worth ten dollars. You're like. Oh my God, I paid $10 for that coffee back in the day. Again, I, I just value my Bitcoin in terms of Bitcoin. I price you know, my consulting at, at 0 .1, 0 0.15 Bitcoin. That's, I just care, for me, 0.15 Bitcoin is 0.15 Bitcoin. Not everyone thinks about it that way. I, I've already got into that mentality. But, but again, going back to your point, yeah, if uh, once, once SegWit is solved, there's gonna be a lot of money flowing into Bitcoin from the outside world, but also from the altcoin world. And we're gonna see some altcoins, uh, it's, it, and it could start, you know, people are, people are followers. If the money starts you know, flowing back into Bitcoin for a logical reason, then people might panic back into Bitcoin from these altcoins. And this recent run up in the altcoins might totally reverse. And I'm not saying, and it only might be specific ones too. Um, so uh, we shall see. It'll be a very interesting, uh, if, if we can get through this segment really cleanly in the Bitcoin, it'll be very interesting to see what happens You know, when we talk in the fall. And hopefully we'll talk before then, but I'm saying if we don't talk till November, in November if everything's fixed, um, we, this, we might be living in a whole new different cryptocurrency world then. Well, I love it. Uh, Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. I love your intros on your videos. Uh, yeah. Adam, if people want to learn more about you, reach out to you and, and you know, have you be a consultant for them or, or even uh, have you speak if, if they want to invite you out somewhere, how would they do that? Let them know a, a little more about what you're doing. So yeah, I want to remind everyone too, who's uh, watching this on YouTube, to pound that like button if you like this video. That's something I always like to remind people to do, to pound that like button. Well, at, yeah, I am available for, for speeches, for consulting, for everything. I'm gonna be in Hong Kong meeting with some people. That's one of my trips coming up. I've got people in Detroit interested, people in Ireland, all over. So the Meister, the Bitcoin Meister can come to your city and talk, can have one-on-one -on -one meetings with me, we can do it over the internet. Adam at trezorhelp.com is my email address. The reason that's my email address is because I also help people set up their trezors um, online. People need help and they'd like to be walked through it. So that's another service I provide. I, I advise on storage. I do all sorts of advisement over the internet or in person, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere. Again, I'm gonna be in Australia, hopefully meeting with some people too very soon, uh, but it's adam at T-R-E-Z-O-R help, H-E-L-P.com. Obviously, look me up on YouTube. It's slash Bitcoin Meister on there. On Twitter, I'm at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Just, you can also go to disruptmeister.com disruptmeister.com will take you to my YouTube page. Um, so, I mean, you Google, you Google Adam, look up Adam Meister on YouTube, you're gonna find me. Um, and again, emailing is adam at trezorhelp.com. And that email address is also underneath every single one of my videos. And uh, hopefully below this video, we'll, we'll link out to, to my videos too. So th thank you for uh, having me on today. It is, is always a pleasure. I love, I'll go to, I'll, go anywhere to talk about Bitcoin. Well, hey, thanks, Adam. I really appreciate your time and coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.